Hey, yo, yo, it's the Beastin' with Brian podcast with another episode, episode number eight of the Morning Coffee with the Beast. Uh, I want to wish y'all happy morning. It's Tuesday morning. I already finished my coffee. I was uh, just upstairs with my wife. We're just sitting in our new home, as you already know. It's kind of chit-chatting about whatever came to mind. It's a real pleasure to kind of just sit at our own table, look outside, see the birds and, you know, some kids outside playing, I guess, before they go to school and things of that nature. So definitely, uh, definitely happy. You know what I mean? It's really hard to be for, for somebody with my kind of mindset to be, uh, ungrateful and upset. Even if I get frustrated like I like I preach on the podcast, I try to maintain everything positive. Um, it usually takes me maybe, I don't know, 30 seconds to a couple minutes to just recalibrate and, you know, a little goose fraba, wusa, to get back into that positive mindset. No hippie shit, but, but at the same time, kind of. Um, trying to think, what was I talking about yesterday? Oh, yes, I was outside of an IHOP yesterday. Um... <laughs> I haven't had IHOP in such a long time So good But since I've been Kind of limiting myself to either Two two meals, maybe three meals Very few sa- snacks And things like that And since there was such a high energy output With the whole move Process You know, I figured it wouldn't be so bad To treat myself to some uh, Overrated pancakes um, So yeah But uh uh, today is just moving around a bunch of other boxes, try to get a little workout in. Maybe I'll go to the courts and shoot around a little bit. I haven't shot around since like December. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I love basketball and I got a lot of friends that I, well, I don't talk a lot of basketball anymore. Not like I used to. I used to be a big, big, big Celtics fan. Still Celtics fan, but not in the cult sense. Like if I, if I'm going to follow a team that's the team that I follow just a home you know kind of hometown thing hometown team it's really just a hometown franchise but uh you know the whole NBA the way it is just the older I get the little bit more ridiculous it seems to me just to follow grown men play play a sport really well um that being said Sporting events are fun to go to, but I don't know. I feel like I'd prefer much more to go to like a college game or a uh, or to a uh, or to a high school game or one of those international games, just because those people are kind of playing for something more than just themselves. Where in the NBA, it's their career. So I don't know. For me, it's kind of ridiculous. I think it makes a lot more sense for people to be fans if you don't play a sport. Uh, obviously with greatness you recognize greatness so like if they're the best if there's a certain player that's like the best but I would never go watch a crappy team or somebody who I don't find very exciting so I think as a business perspective it makes a lot of sense for the league as the NBA to have a superstar in every team rather than allow for teams to uh, pretty much stack even the super stack teams you can't really win it win anything in that sort of league setup without two or three true superstars and then 
obviously a very solid supporting cast. But, um, yeah, I just don't, um, I, I just don't 100% buy into it. Like, I, I try to watch the All-Star game, but it's not very competitive until, like, the end of it. And I don't really like the whole hoopla of it. But I remember back as a as a younger person, especially as a teenager when I was, like, really into it. Uh, all that stuff was kind of cool, all that flash and things. But also at around the same time, that's when, like, MTV Cribs was super popular and, uh, you know, all those things were just like, oh, look at this person and what money they got. Like, you know, the whole celebrity net worth kind of thing. And as you get older, you just realize that that's all, it's all pretty much a sham. So it is what it is. I'm not hating. I'm just saying, like, I got more important things to worry about uh like my family <laughs> and where i live in my own career so uh, i don't really waste my time kind of watching them i think although one thing that i have been keeping track of uh, uh excuse me one thing i have been keeping track of is the whole like lebron james and i used to hate lebron james with a fervor uh naturally because he was one not a celtic but also he one of the better players in in the league. I used to hate Allen Iverson. I used to hate Kobe Bryant. And I used to hate LeBron James. One of the better players in the league. And was always a challenge. So you, you know, the Boston sports culture is if somebody is a challenge to you, you hate them. This instantly becomes your opponent. Not opponent, excuse me, your enemy. And so that's kind of the way my brain was and it took me a while to learn to appreciate uh, well one to understand that that whole league system is just a business and it really has nothing to do with me so it took me a while to actually appreciate other athletes that played in that in that sport and like their actual greatness and whatnot and I've been lucky I've been able to see LeBron play in person twice uh one from afar and then the other time I was pretty much on the ground well I was on the ground level I was literally in like the sixth or seventh row um and this was back when he was in Cleveland for the second tour so that was pretty neat uh one game he scored not that much I don't know he did he he whooped our ass he scored like 36 points he had a crazy game uh Granted, not that crazy for him, but relatively a crazy game for any other person. And then it, it was one of the easiest 36 points I'd ever seen. It just looked so flawless. Uh, when he was at Cleveland that second time around, I feel like his skill level was 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 peak. Um, Miami, he, he really grew into himself, grew into his leadership style and things of that nature. And then when he got into got into Cleveland that second time around, I feel like not peaked, but his performance and his basketball IQ were at both of their peaks. Now his performance is not at its peak, but his basketball IQ fully outweighs, like uh, fully outweighs whatever he did the year prior. He's just uh, he just one of those guys that just keeps getting better, especially up top. I mean, you do something enough times, and with enough practice, you're always going to get better. But anyways, what I've been keeping track of is his whole uh, as he climbs the point ladder. And I'm surprised a lot of people aren't making that big of a deal about it because it's kind of crazy. You're not really going to see that many players do stuff like that unless his style of long, like his longevity becomes a very common thing. Naturally, it was a little bit easier for him to climb that ladder 
same with Kobe, than a lot of the other players that are in the top, let's say the top 25, because of the th- whole three-point uh, system and kind of the culture of the NBA behind the three-point line. Uh, people who've been notable to shoot a lot of threes and shoot the three ball very well don't didn't utilize it. It wasn't part of the game plan. Like threes were few and far between. And then the whole Stephen Curry era kind of, I mean, things started to shift in the mid-2000s, I want to say. People started shooting at least one, well, making one, shooting about three or four a game. It was usually like a designated shooter. Like even Michael Jordan, he averaged less than one a game, I think, his whole career. And people always say, oh, it's because he wasn't an accurate three-point shooter or whatever. Accuracy in at the three-ball in-game is, if you're a 35% shooter from the three-point three point land, that's pretty much an accurate shooter, and 40% is really, really good. It's like averaging as a as a forward or as a point guard. That's like uh, not point guard, but as a forward or a guard position type. That's like averaging 50% from the field. So, you know, and if you make if you make three out of ten shots at the three point land, that's nine points. If, where if you make five out of ten shots from two points, that's ten points just to give you an idea. So you're only one point behind and you're averaging 20% less. Or if you shoot 40, you know, if you're making 40% more of your shots and you shoot the same amount of shots, you're going to end up with more points. Anyways, math, right? Anyway, so LeBron obviously as uh he's almost in his this is 19th season. He's on on route to pass Carl Malone as the second all-time leading scorer. And then next season, he most likely, barring any injury, will pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in uh, the all-time leading scorer as well. And playing less games, shooting less shots. But again, that has more to do with three-pointers. I don't think free throws, because those guys shot shot a lot of free throws. Um, But again, they only average about 50% of their free throws. And when you're shooting so much chances are you're going to miss more than the next person or you know what I mean especially those free shots there's things to do with like hand size and and uh height whatever so you know those components kind of go into it that's why if you have bigger hands typically you're I think worse of a shot is how it goes I forget but that's usually how you're better at ball handling and things of that nature but you're usually worse of a shot uh, I know a lot of good three-point shooters, and they usually have smaller hands than... I don't even have that big of hands, but smaller hands than like I do. But it really depends, because my dad has the same size hands, and he was always a shooter growing uh Not growing up, but when uh, I remember, he was always making shots. He could make shots from way out. So, you know, I think it's just practice, finding the technique that works for you, and going from there. It's almost like with anything. But yeah, as far as basketball goes, this and the NBA, that's kind of all I've been tracking for the most part. Tracking the Celtics, they got had a good turnaround. Um, I don't even remember why I brought this up, but uh, oh, because I plan on going back out. Um, yeah, no, sports. Sport leagues and things like that are fun to follow just because they're kind of a conversation piece, especially with people that you don't know. Or if you go out to a bar or whatever, um, 
uh, one sport, like I said, I was talking about, I think this was on the Monday podcast, um, where I was talking about getting back into MMA, like, that is one sport to me that, I don't know, it's just like, it's similar to tennis where you get behind the one person, but, you know, fighters bring not only their style, their, I don't know, it's just like, fun to watch somebody literally use everything that they have it's like the only equivalent to gladiator um like we found a way to make gladiator fights continue to occur but now it's the most raw form of it and then we allow these people to continue to live like gladiator fights gladiators only last until they got killed in the arena and they usually would never retire but now you got people that are actually fighting 50 to a thousand fights and that those are just their not a thousand fifty to a hundred fights or maybe less than that let's say 30 to 30 to 60 fights total but that's only their professional careers and that doesn't include all their training and all those battles because you know you're not in fighting you're not going to train especially in sparring as you would in a fight because you don't want to risk getting injured like that where in basketball or a sport like that, I feel like you train harder than the game so that when the when it's time to play the game, it's a lot easier because you're not trying to get hurt. But at the same time, I don't know. It all depends. It all depends at what level you're at because I guess if you're getting paid millions of dollars, you're going to put it all out there and you're not going to do that as much when you practice. But that's once you're at a professional level where if you're training in high school and practicing in high school, you want to practice way harder than you to perform in in the game per se because you're fighting your fellow guy for a spot and things of that nature um that's probably something that ought to change for youth sports where coaches um pretty much put each put us against each other not us i'm saying us as people but put kids up against each other especially in a school setting rather than teaching them actual like camaraderie and sportsmanship and things of that nature there's something to be said about teamwork and that kind of camaraderie, um, especially at that age. Even in college, even though college sports is semi-pro, essentially, in reality, like it's it's absurd. Thank God the NCAA is allowing some athletes to get paid. This should have been happening long. Time. Matter of fact, they should pay reparations in regards to all the people that either lives they've ruined fines that they committed like that is an evil organization that just absolutely uses and abuses athletes time and time again regardless um yeah i think especially in high school sports you know no matter how serious it is it's kind of crazy to have your fellow teammate compete against you like you should be able to compete but you should learn how to compete in a very friendly manner and then go out there and you know play against the team but no we'll save that for the next one it's it's already been 15 minutes i've been rambling on and on about basketball and whatnot so what i'll do for tomorrow um i'll be just getting out of work in the morning so what i'll do for tomorrow is i'll focus that on basketball and what i what i did to improve my shot and things of that nature all right y'all have a good day i appreciate y'all listening uh you already know stay positive stay love and love everybody around you god bless the beast is out